Have you ever wondered to yourself, what is God's path for my life? What is God's will for my life? Should I just open up a Bible and point to it? Also, what's y'all's thoughts on Taylor Swift? Hmm. We're going to figure that out. And this week uh, in our continuing series uh, through the Sparkle Creed in our Bad Doctrine of the Week, we're going to ask the question, uh, what is the rainbow spirit? And what's the job of the rainbow spirit? All that today, more today (laughs) on the Digging Deeper podcast. Well, good morning and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our hope is to dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we might just dig a little bit deeper into our hearts. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate pastor here. My name is Jacob Belling. I'm the connections minister. And I'm Judah, the guy in the chair. Yep. We are here today to talk about the sermon. I just said that. Well, anyways, yeah, um, we are here today to talk about the sermon, and this week's sermon is all about, does God have a path for my life? It's all about God's will, and that's always a question on people's minds. It's like, how do I know what God wants for me? But before we get into any of that, can we talk about Taylor Swift? If we must. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Lee brought up Taylor Swift in the, the thing. Apparently, she's a billionaire now. Is she a billionaire? Uh, I know. She, her net worth is up there. Yeah. Anyways, no relevance at all to, to what we're talking about the sermon. I just want to talk about why out of nowhere, and maybe we're, we're old, but Judah, are you Gen Z? Are you considered Gen Z? Yes. So, so you may understand this. Why all of a sudden has Taylor just blown up out of the stratosphere? I have no idea. I don't listen to her stuff, so yeah, I'm out. I'm just out of the loop as you guys are. Yeah. Do you know? Um. Well, I think first off, you have to go back. It's not like she's new. No. Like she's been around yeah. for you know what, fifteen years at least. How old is she now? I don't have a clue. I know that she had that album with the song about her being twenty-two. Oh. So she at least has been doing it since she was 22. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or somebody wrote a song for her about being 22, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. But no, she's been around for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, so I know she just had that Eras tour or something like that. Mm-hmm. She just had a big tour. And I don't know, maybe that was the first tour that she's done in a while. She's Ma- 33 years old. She's 33. So she's been at least doing it for 11 years. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know if she wrote any songs before 22. I think she uh, she was writing songs and performing and things back when we were in high school. Okay. I want to say. I don't know. Yeah, you're a bigger Taylor Swift fan than I am. I, so. hey, <laughs> I was just aware that <laughs> yeah. they were uh, Taylor Swift songs at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if I'd call myself a fan yeah. uh, necessarily. Yeah. Well, she's always been big. And I'm sorry, none of this has anything to do with anything. Uh, Pastor Lee just referenced Taylor Swift and how everyone's like gawking after her. Like, ah, we have license to talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah, now. and so, and I've just, yeah. this is something that's perplexed me because Taylor Swift has been big for a long time, but it's like over the past year, all of a sudden she's become like an icon. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just weird. I think it's the tour. I think that's, yeah. that's really what from kind of did it. Minimal, like, knowledge on the subject. She like owns her songs now mm-hmm. instead of it being yeah because she re-recorded them all right yeah 
And so that's what it is. It's like a celebration of her own albums. She's re-recording all of her songs. And so that's what the hype's about. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we're hyping that she gets to make more money yeah. because she owns the songs. Now. Anyways, all great. that has nothing to do with anything. You let us know if you know why Taylor Swift is so big because I, I can't figure it out. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, her music is, as the Gen Zers would say, mid at best. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And on that note, if you're still watching, <laughs> make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. It's like people start unliking and subscribing. <laughs> Hot take. She's awful. <laughs> and, anyways. and here comes the dislikes. Yeah. YouTube, like, demonetized. Not that we're monetized at all. Okay. <laughs> like, shadow bans us. Anyways, okay. enough about Taylor Swift. Y'all aren't here to listen to us talk about Taylor Swift. Y'all are here to, us, to listen to us talk about the Bible. And more specifically, does God have a path for my life? Jacob? Does he? Yes. Yes, oh, he okay. does. Simply. Very, very simply put. Yes. Yeah. And then the nice thing about the entire really rest of the sermon is what does that plan look like? Right? Mm-hmm. How can we know those things? Yes. Now there's generally, um, as we get into this, uh, there's kind of like two aspects to this. Like one is uh, how do you know God's will for your life? And there's like a general will, and Pastor Lee kind of got into this a little bit. Uh, there's a general will that's applicable to everyone, mm-hmm. that across the board, this is what God desires. Um, the path for us to go. And then there's like specific will. It's like, where does God want me to live? Who does God want me to marry? And things like that. Some people have different uh, uh, views on those. So like, I think everyone would would agree that generally speaking, there is a will of God that he has for everyone. Um, And some people uh, uh, follow that path and some people don't follow that path. Um, uh, Some people do what God uh, desires uh, for mankind to do, and some people don't. Uh, some people go towards God, some people go away from God. Uh, and then, so everyone generally agrees on that, and then on the specific path, I think there's some variation on if people uh, are like, yes, God has a very specific path for you to go, and then some people would say, eh, there's a little bit of like, like, like hit the principles that God has for you, and then uh, God's God may not be as concerned about you know what job you work at as much as He's concerned about go work at that job for the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but interesting thoughts though already. It didn't take yeah, very long. We didn't just, take yeah. Th- this is this is an interesting uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, Pause. Uh-huh. Hit the brakes really quick. Does God have a plan for Taylor Swift's life? Yes. <laughs> yes. And she has veered way off that plan. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it Travis Kelsey ain't it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, um, I, don't, I have no I have no idea about the man. You know what? When, football, you, when you speak about uh, God's plan for Taylor Swift's life, uh, Romans 9 comes to my mind of God has pre- prepared vessels of... Uh, wrath for destruction. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just. This kidding. is going on the internet. This is going downhill real quick. Um, uh, it's my fault. I I, I hit the brakes. So yes. Uh, my bad. My bad. Theological jokes. What are we talking about? Okay. Does God have a path for your life? Let's first read some scripture. Let's. Okay. Yeah. Read it, James. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. James chapter four verses thirteen through fifteen. Now listen, you who say. 
Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Uh, Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Yes. And this is the passage that um, people get the phrase, Lord willing. Right. Right. Uh, it's like, I'm, hey, tomorrow uh, I'm heading up to Missouri, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it comes from this passage, which brings up the question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what question I'm going to ask? Um, no, I'm going to ask. Uh, the, it, it brings the question. Uh, should we say Lord willing after every single statement we make? Funny story about that. Yeah. Uh, I had a seminary professor who, um, I don't remember which class it was for, uh, but he was talking about, oh, yes. Um, now, this passage in James doesn't mean you have to say Lord willing after every, you mm-hmm. know, every time that you talk about some sort of future plan or what is it that you want to do later today even. But then to conclude each class, he'd, he'd say... Okay, and we'll see you next time, Lord willing. <laughs> Which one is it? Um, no, I, I think it's more of a... Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that because mm-hmm. we're verbally acknowledging that, like, oh, yeah, like, God uh, works uh, His providence and His way, um, and, and His plan is going to be carried out ultimately uh, one way or another. <clears throat> but um, I, I think it's more of what is our uh, our attitude or what is our sort of posture before God. Yeah, and I think I think that's for sure. Uh, what it's getting at is I think he's checking their arrogance. Yeah, that's what um, I was yeah. going to say is arrogance. Um, uh, to, to have the arrogance to think I'm in complete control of my life and I'm going to dictate every single step of the way what's going to happen and plan out everything that's going to happen. And as we all know, um, uh, you can make all the plans you want but it takes that to yeah. derail all those plans. Yeah. So um, just to illustrate, uh, I went outside uh, here just a little while ago to go look at the uh, the sign out front, and which is still working, by the way. Yeah, I noticed that we fixed the sign yesterday. Yes, yeah, so, it's, it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still working. Uh, I went out to go look at it, and right next to the sign is a uh, roadkill deer, like right there There's on the shoulder. There's lots of those around here. Yeah, um, it's it's that time of yeah. it's that time of year, right there. It's in the rut now, mm-hmm. so I guess. So, uh, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, that deer, he had great plans <laughs> for today, and now. You know, those plans didn't include getting hit by a truck or yep. whatever. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, the same way, you just never know. Not that mm-hmm. we're necessarily, oh, you're not going to fulfill your plans because actually you die tomorrow. Right. right. Well, but, it's, a, it's, it's the same yeah. reason we have health insurance, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't have health insurance because we're planning on getting sick and having to go to the hospital. Right. We have health insurance because we don't know. Right. What if? You know, it can just happen out of nowhere. Uh, and, yeah, and so that's kind of the the mindset that, that this passage is combating is that plans are good. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the Bible is actually pro-plans, right? right? right. It's pro um, not just thinking about the present, but thinking about the future. Uh, I mean, that's the whole aspect of salvation, right? Yeah. It's like you're living not for today, but for tomorrow. Um, so, so it's not that the Bible is saying don't plan. It's just saying have the proper mindset mm-hmm. that even, even though I may have a 15-year plan for my life and for my family's life, uh, have the humility to know that that those plans may change right. based on 
God's will mm-hmm. and not mine because it's very easy to get those mixed up. So, so that's kind of the, the whole aspect of this sermon is God does have a plan and God does have a path and God does have a will for our lives. So how do we actually figure out what that is? And, and let me ask you all if y'all have ever done this. Have y'all ever taken a Bible and said to God, Lord, what do you want from me? And then just opened up to a random page and pointed at. Always laying in the Psalms when you do yeah. that, because it's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, whatever, uh, the times I've tried that before, mm-hmm. it's like something that's off the wall makes zero sense. Yeah. I'm like, well, that didn't work. It's almost like that's not a good way to go. That's not, uh, not a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really cool if that worked. Yeah. Judah, you said you do that? Or did that? Yeah, I used to. Do <laughs> He's like this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should I go help film the podcast today? Yeah. Please speak to me. Opens Bible, and it opens up to let your yes be yes and your no <laughs> <Yeah>. be no. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So, so some people fall in that. I think everyone at some point in their life has done that. If you own the Bible. <laughs> Uh, some people may do that with, uh, you know, like I was just wondering what God was having for my life. And then, boom, I saw a newspaper and the newspaper had this statement in it. Like nothing about God, but just had the statement. And I knew that God was speaking to me through that newspaper. Uh, I've heard that one before. Um, uh, so, so there's lots of ways that people try to figure out God's will. And, and I think it's good and admirable to want to know what God's will is for your life. Um, uh, I don't think any of us would be doing what we're doing if we didn't think that it's good to try to align yourself with God's will. Now, it gets into a question of what is an appropriate way to go about seeking out God's will and what's an inappropriate way. And we're just doing our own sermon here. <laughs> we have, Basically, yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to talk about the, the thought around... Um, seeking out God's will for your life, um, and, and then digging into what Pastor Lee had to say about it. Um, but Pastor Lee even, even brought up uh, at one point that uh, there's times that we have thoughts and then we say, this is God talking. Yes. Right? Um, he had do you a, have any thoughts? He, yeah, that? he had yeah. that very, very vivid illustration yeah. uh, on that one. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think this is a big problem, Mm -hmm. uh, for, or it's a big error that we can easily slip into where, oh, I have this idea or, uh, in this, uh, the woman's case that killed her children, Mm -hmm. right? Because God told her that the world is ending. She should get her house and affairs all in order. It's like, you know, you you always want to check those things against scripture because we know that, God does not contradict himself, right? And so if God says, hey, or if Jesus uh, says that, hey, no one knows the the hour uh, that I'm going to return except for the Father, um, well, that probably means that if you're hearing uh, a voice in your head say, oh, I now know when the end is going mm-hmm. to be, well, you can check that against the revealed will of God, the revealed world, word of God, and say, yeah, the thought that I'm, that just popped into my head doesn't measure up to scripture. So uh, no, uh, that's mm-hmm. a, it's an incorrect thought to be having. Yeah, and usually what I've noticed is when people take their own personal revelation of God over the revealed word of God, 
usually usually one they don't know the revealed word of god uh but two they they take their own personal revelation as a replacement right for the word of god and so pastor lee's mentioned this before where you know people will say um you know when when referencing church like the gathering of of the saints uh that people will say um you know, me and God have our own personal agreement, like, like God, hmm. like, like, uh, like, like I just have a relationship with God and, and, you know, we've talked about it and we're good. I've had people say that, you know, I've uh, heard that one. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, with drugs before I've had someone say, you know, I've prayed about it and talked about God and, and, um, and, and he's good with it. Hmm. <laughs> and, um, gosh, and it's uh, it's almost this this thing of like personal revelation is now trumping mm-hmm. revealed revelation, uh, which is a dangerous place to be in, Big time. right? Um, because like you said, God, God doesn't contradict Himself, and so if your personal revelation is not contradicting God's revelation, is it? Right. Is it God actually speaking to you in the moment, or is it just your own thoughts? Right. Right. And then, so that kind of begs the question, okay, how can we avoid doing that, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're, if we're trying to, you know, meditate, maybe we have a decision to make, uh, a difficult life decision that we have to make, and we're really, I mean, really just been dwelling on it, trying to uh, even find, hey, what, what is God's will uh, on this for me and for my life? Uh, a lot of the times, you know, I mentioned the Psalms earlier mm-hmm. and how, oh, yeah, whatever Psalm that I flip to doesn't really help. Um, it's like, <laughs> I can just imagine you in the moments like you're in a really troubling season of life and you're like, God, what do you have for me? You open up to, what is it, Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 22. It's like, why, oh Lord, have you forsaken me? <laughs> like, oh man. Um, but uh, the Psalms are a really, really great place actually uh, to mm-hmm. go and, and uh, really meditate on those things and to apply them back to ourselves. And so... I mean, there's psalms for almost every occasion that mm-hmm. you can think of, uh, and some. And so, sort of skipping through the psalms, uh, I learned in uh, one of my seminary classes just uh, the other day about the, uh, the what, what the professor called psalms of the day. So, uh, and, and you go about praying the psalms. So, whichever day of the month that it is, that's the psalm that you start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you kind of start reading that one, and it's like, eh, it's not really not really uh, feeling this one or, yeah, this doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in my life at the moment, something that I really need, um, add 30. Add 30 to that number of the day and go and read that psalm. And you can do that five times. Mm -hmm. And chances are one of those is going to have something to say about whatever it is that's going on in your life. And so that way, uh, if we're doing something like that, if we're really... uh, scanning, scouring God's word uh, for his direction, right? We're not going to be left alone with our thoughts and have those invasive thoughts creep in and and Mm -hmm. take them as something that they really aren't meant to be taken as. Right. And usually people at this point say, uh, like if they're talking about, uh, you know, God speaking to them, uh, generally speaking, people say, not an auditory voice, yeah, because that's dangerous, man. It's oh, just yeah. so dangerous. Uh, have you all um, Joseph y'all, Smith? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Muhammad. Yeah, you're you're going really far. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to go a little bit less uh, well, uh, less intense l- on l- that, less destructive, but yeah. still destructive. Yeah. Um, if y'all know, do y'all know who Mark Driscoll is? Yes. So he's the pastor of a used to be one of the large churches in America, Mars Hill, and um, it went through a 
giant collapse because of some issues that Mark Driscoll had um, uh, with the church and the, the elders there and whatnot. Anyways, um, uh, there's a podcast called uh, the, Rise of, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. If y'all like podcasts, if y'all like podcasts, go listen to it. It's a fascinating, like, like kind of docu-series uh, podcast talking about uh, the rise and fall of the church, Mars Hill. Uh, anyways, what was really interesting is um, when it actually came time for Mark Driscoll to step down from his you know, senior pastor position there, um, the, the, the elders had already started a, an investigation process into... Um, you know, are some of these allegations of like domineering attitude and and uh, stuff like that and, and bullying and whatnot, or are any of these true? And Mark, uh, who's a little bit more, he's not charismatic, but he's not like he he's he he's further that side. Yeah. Um, in terms of when it comes to, um, you know talking with God, spiritual deliverance ministries, things like that. Anyways, so it came time uh, while they were doing the investigation, and he said that both him and his wife heard a voice from God saying that they need to step down from the church because the elders doing the investigation had laid a trap for them to release all of the information to the media and, like, smear him to, like, get him to leave. Uh, and he went on record saying this, and the, the docuseries interviewed multiple people that were on that investigation team, and all of them are like, I don't know what he's talking about, man. <laughs> it's like, like none of us, like, it's like all of us wanted him to come back. None of us wanted him to leave, and there was no plans on trying to get him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but he pulled the God told me card, yeah. right? And, and, um, and, and there's all, we've all had times in our life where we feel like the Lord is talking to us, but man, you have to be really careful with this because our minds are, are finicky, man. Oh, yeah. And so th- there's times that God, that you feel very heavily that God is leading you to do something, and it may not be God leading you to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's times in college that I felt the case, um, and then I go do it, and it turns out awful, and I'm like, why, oh God, have you forsaken me? <laughs> it's like, God's like, I didn't tell you to go do that. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, um, long tangent about about placing the personal revelation of God above the yeah. revealed. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like scripture's either sufficient or it's not. Yes, and right. that's that's the main thing is generally when people are looking for this like specific path that God wants for their life, um they're they're uh, what's the phrase? They're missing the they're missing the forest through the trees. Yeah. Um uh it's like focus on what God has already revealed. Right. And the rest will for the most part, figure, it's, figure yeah. yourself out. Yeah, that's right. And to be fair, I mean, there's been really tough decisions that I've had to make, too, mm-hmm. that, man, it sure would be nice, like, even, like, prayed this, like, man, this sure would be nice just to just to have, like, a very clear, yes, go and do this, or mm-hmm. no, go over here and do this instead. Yeah. Man, that sure would have been nice. Uh, but... God gave us His Word, yeah. uh, and, and spending time in His Word and uh, yeah. praying that and meditating on it uh, helps us in those decisions, right? Yeah, and, and we're going to get 
into the revealed word of God, but just since you mentioned it, mm-hmm. let's talk about for a second um, the times that, let's say it's a job change or a family change or, or whatever, and you have this this thought of, okay, what is God's will for my life in this moment? Um, I think it's Acts 13. I'm not sure. Uh, it's It's the one where Paul... Just see if I can find it. Um, oh, when uh, uh, they're wanting Paul to come back, and they say uh, the Spirit's telling us that you need to come back, and Paul's t- saying, "No, the Spirit told me not to go back," or something like that. Uh, kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. It is X thirteen. Nice. Oh man. Nice. I'm so on top of it. Uh, let me pull it up. Okay, so uh, so this is Acts thirteen one. So in, now in the church at Antioch, uh, there were prophets and teachers: Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius, uh, blah blah blah. Uh, verse two: As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Lord said, "Set apart for me Paul, Barnabas and Saul for the work in which I have called them." Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So you have a very specific. Will of God, mm-hmm. they're in this moment at this church, and and the Spirit comes and says, no, I want them to go here. Uh, what does it say they did? It says uh, they fasted and prayed, laying their hands on them. Yeah. So there's this element of they didn't go right away. Right. But they continued to fast and pray. And generally speaking, fasting and praying is lining up with, okay, trying to f- align yourself with God right. and His will. So so you see them fasting and praying, meaning that they're taking time to confirm that with God, mm-hmm. that, that calling, and then laid hands on them, meaning that now they're with others mm-hmm. as well. So it's not just Saul right. saying, oh, I heard the word of the Lord say this and go, but they're, um, the laying hands on them means that everyone around them is confirming, yes, we believe after fasting and praying, that this is what God has for your life. And so so that's a really important thing, I think, when talking about um, the more gray areas of mm-hmm. like what God wants in your life, especially uh, the bigger the, the changes are, is take time first, just personally, between you and God, fast, pray, and figure out and try to seek out, is this what God has for your life? And then second, seek out community. Yeah. Find some other people, have them also pray and confirm what's going on in your life. I did this. Um, when uh, I came on staff here at the church, I was uh, one week from doing the view of a call uh, to become the uh, worship minister here. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was doing the student ministry uh, on an interim level, uh, but the plan was that was just temporary, that was going to do the worship ministry. Well, um, Pastor Lee, uh, literally a week before the view of the call, um, I was in his office and he said, he said, hey, if you had a choice, would you rather do worship ministry or student ministry? And I didn't have a, a great answer for that. Um, and so I was like, I was like, well, let me, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. And uh, I went to the Philippines uh, that like two weeks later. And so I spent a lot of time thinking, praying in the Philippines. Um, I spent uh, a good deal of time. Oh, it took like, like, this wasn't like a couple of days, like over the next month before we came back and landed on an answer, um, spent time thinking and praying on it myself and then seeking out people who were closest to me 
and explaining the situation and then saying like, like, what do you think? And between my own prayers and my talking to community around me, we all landed on student ministry is probably the way that you should go. Uh, it actually wasn't the easiest way because we had to start the entire process over again in terms of all the deacon interviews and, and staff interviews and whatnot. Um, but hindsight, I can firmly tell you that was the right decision hmm. in hindsight. Uh, but it wasn't a snap decision, and it wasn't one of those ones that in the moment I could say with 100% absolute certainty I heard the auditory voice right. of God tell me to do this. But through my own prayer and then seeking out counsel um, from people closest to me, yeah, we landed on this is where we believe God is heading uh, in your life. Um, so anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great strategy too. Um, is, yeah, prayer, fasting, and then, yeah, bringing in others mm-hmm. uh, to weigh in as well. Yep. So that's specific. So yes. Specific will of God. Yes. Can, we're, we're talking about two different things. The specific will of God for your life, for your particular life, and then there's the revealed general will of God mm-hmm. um, that he has for um, mankind, uh, for everyone, so on and so forth. Let's get into those because okay. Pastor Lee got into that quite a bit in the sermon. So we're finally into the sermon. Oh, man. <laughs> there we go. What's what's our time at, Judah? 30 minutes. There <laughs> we go. All right. 30 minutes in, and we're finally into the sermon. Yes, God does have a will for your life. Generally speaking, what's the first step? For you to have faith in Christ. There we go. This is the first one. For you to place your faith in Christ. He gives us uh, quite a few scriptures you want to read. Pick your favorite one. Hmm. Oh, man. All right. Well, then let's go with Ephesians 1.11 then. Nah, I All knew right. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> you did leave it up to me. So, yeah. uh, Okay. It says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the, with, or sorry, with the purpose of his will. First mm-hmm. um, John 2.17. I like this one too. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man. Um, Ephesians one five, uh, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And then uh, let's let's read them all. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna let you keep yeah. going. Galatians one three five. I'll, these are all great. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. So, so that's the first uh, step one of God's path for every single person. Come to know Jesus. Uh, a lot of times when it's talking about the, the will of God, the, the plan of God, um, Especially when when it has like the the uh, before the foundations of the world mm-hmm. and stuff like that, Jesus, that's mm-hmm. it. That's always been the plan is yep. Jesus, and uh, within that plan of Jesus dying and resurrecting, the whole purpose of that is that we might come to know Him. That's right, uh, and be saved. And then even the next step through the work of Christ, the coming, the work uh, that that He did, and us coming to faith. Right, the the ultimate end of all those things is that God is glorified in those things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty consistent mm-hmm. theme, um, you know, throughout Scripture. Yeah, there's a Isaiah. I can't remember where, but it's talking about it, it was a prophecy about Jesus, and actually it was talking about it was for God's namesake mm-hmm. uh, that that this plan of Jesus was carried out. 
Um, and so uh, there's very much an, uh, at the foundation of it, God's glory oh, yeah. is wrapped up in all that. Oh, yeah. Ephesians mm-hmm. 1. Um, it's sown throughout, uh, throughout that entire chapter. It's like we get glimpses of this great plan and, and God's pleasure and His will, but then the end of those things is, uh, you know, that, hey, there's going to be praise to God's glorious grace for this, right? That's God's glory. Mm-hmm. Right there, uh, Jesus. Even when he prays or uh, performed all, you know, many of the different miracles that he did, um, he's focused on God's glory uh, first and foremost. Like the the story of the the lepers, right? There's ten lepers mm-hmm. that Jesus meets, and uh, he heals them them all, and uh, only one returns to uh, to thank him, right? And Jesus isn't so concerned with, well, where are the other nine to come back and, and thank me for what I did? Or he's concerned with God being glorified mm-hmm. uh, there in that passage. And it's, I mean, you see it time and time and time again, peppered throughout the Gospels. Yeah, you see a lot of times uh, in the the healings, uh, which, which isn't always a one-to-one correlation, but a lot of times is um, illustrations of our salvation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And you see often in there, Jesus referencing you're not healed for your own sake. Mm-hmm. Um, you're healed to be a demonstration. Yeah, that's right. Uh, of the power of God to the glory of God, mm-hmm. um, and that's the same thing with us. So, mm-hmm. so uh, whenever we come to know Christ, which is God's will for our life, ultimately we're not saved for our own sake. Right. We're saved for uh, God's glory, and for that to then be uh, demonstrated to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Which gets into uh, to one of the next things uh, that Pastor Lee got into uh, with God's will for our life um, is is for us to be bearers of the gospel to others. So that's yeah. kind of like step two of God's will for our life. One is like, come to know Christ. Step two, now go make Christ known to mm-hmm. others. Uh, and, uh, you know, he mentioned uh, Ephesians 6, Five through seven, where it says, "Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them, uh, not only to win their favor uh, with when their eyes on you, uh, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not men." And Pastor Lee kind of got into uh, uh, what if by honoring your master. Your master comes to know Christ in that. And so it was basically kind of changing our mindset to first, the will of God is to know Christ. Second is what can I do to make Christ known? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, he gives a few uh, aspects. So again, a lot of those are kind of the revealed will of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he gives a few like, thoughts on how can we hone in a little bit better on not only the revealed will of God, but maybe the unrevealed will of God. And he gives two uh, thoughts to that as one through transformation mm-hmm. and two through prayer. Um, nice. Yeah. It's like uh, we've, uh, we've talked about these we, a little bit. Yeah, already, we talked about we? that a little bit. And so we won't uh, overly rehash that, but you got any thoughts on uh, not just these two, but do you have any other thoughts on how to hone in on God's will? Well, I like, uh, uh, I really like through prayer, mm-hmm. um, I like that one. Um, if you look at if you look at the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we we just got done uh, studying the Sermon on the Mount in our men's Bible study, mm-hmm. and 
man, we could have gone a full like hour and a half just on this. Uh, I think we did go about an hour and a half on the <laughs> Lord's Prayer. We could have gone more. We could have gone longer. But um, the Lord's Prayer, right, is one, it's not where, hey, we're approaching God with our list of demands or our list of wants and then say, okay, uh, sit back and let's just watch what happens, right? It's all about, like we talked about earlier, it's about that posture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we coming before God humbly? He is uh, uh, our Father who is in heaven. Uh, his name uh, is holy. Um, uh, we want His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? These aren't, uh, especially that last one, right? His mm-hmm. will be done. It's like, not our will. Mm-hmm. We want His will to be done, right? Which is the posture that Jesus takes in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, that's really what we got off talking mm-hmm. so much about was uh, Jesus demonstrating that uh, that proper posture that we should have, right, as our model before God, because in the garden, I think we talked about this on the podcast recently too, didn't we? Uh, I think we talked about it with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That same same exact mm-hmm. uh, idea, yeah. right, is uh, when we, we go before God, that's that's our posture, right? And and so if we're not bucking against God's will, right, and we're bringing ourselves into submission to God's will, I think that helps us to make uh, clear decisions to, to see, uh, you know, based on God's will mm-hmm. uh, for our own lives. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the passage that we started out with, the passage in James. Um, it's, this, it's this weird balance of making plans, yet allying ourselves with God's will. And, and that should be reflected in our prayers as well. Let's say you're looking for a new job and you're about to go in, in for an interview. What's our prayer going to be? God, help me get this job, right? Uh, and I don't think it's bad to like, you know, uh, bring a request before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of scriptures that, that uh, ask us to do that. But then like, it's almost like a, a two-folded prayer, kind of like Jesus in the garden where he says like, hey, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass from me mm-hmm. without me doing it. But then he ended the prayer, not your will, or not my will be done, but yours. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's always this twofolded prayer of like, Lord, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is my plans. This is what I'm looking for. But at the end of the day, if this is your plan, great. If it's not, great. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and and that's, that's the tricky part of deciphering God's will is to not be in such a a hardened state with what we want that we're no longer even able to hear right. what God is trying to tell us. Right, that's right. And that's something that's good to, for us to think about. Uh, we've, we've already talked a lot about God's glory and glorifying God. And if, uh, if at the end of the day we don't, we don't know, right? We've, we've thoughtfully been in prayer. We've been meditating, fasting, all of those different things. We've even brought other people in, and we're still not sure Right? Ask God to glorify Himself in our lives through this situation or that situation, right? This decision or whatever it may be. That's not a wrong way to pray mm-hmm. at the end of the day mm-hmm. because this is what God's concerned about. And this is what our, it's the chief end of man, right? Mm-hmm. Is to know God and to glorify Him forever. Um, and so that's always a way that we can pray, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then that even aligns us uh, up underneath and submitted to God's will. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I like that one. Yeah. Any thoughts, uh, Judah, on knowing the will of God? Prayer. Prayer. It's a powerful tool. Mm. Amen. There we go. That's, or, that's two for prayer. What about what what do you think? You know, I think um magic eight balls are pretty good. <laughs> uh 
uh, Ouija boards oh, have worked for me in the past. <laughs> so, I'm thinking scratch offs. You know, scratch offs. God, if you want me to have this new car, I'm gonna need some cash. Yeah, right. Um, no, does that not work? Uh, not in my experience. <laughs> uh, it has not worked. Um, no, obviously, yeah. Prayer. Um, the. Oh, okay, I want to want to pause. Yeah, here. prayer. Right, you, you, you say something, and I'm gonna look up a verse. That's yeah, come to mind. Sounds good. I was just gonna say prayer coupled with scripture intake, right? I think, and we've expressed that already in in the podcast today. But I think those two go hand in hand when it comes to knowing God's will. Uh, definitely prayer uh, for our specific, um, you know, decisions and things that need to get made, um, but. Those, it always has to be coupled with, with Scripture. That was my thought. So I wanted to um, qualify my answer a little bit. Yes, there. Yes, there's a... I don't know what's off the top of my head. I think it's in James. Let me see. I think there's a verse that, that talks about that. Um, oh, it's James 2, I think. Is it James 2? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> Do to play some music <laughs> or sing some music. I'm not sure. Anyways, is is a verse that, that mimics that same thought of like uh, prayer, uh, hanging and balance scripture and prayer. Um, yeah, it's the. Uh, the why why do you not receive because you ask wrongly is that where you were going with that? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, Maybe it's James four. After after look if, if if we can find it then then we'll bring him next week. Yeah. But anyways, but but balancing those two because prayer, um, while it is us talking with God, there's a lot of like mental space there. Yeah. And if you don't balance that against the revealed will of God, again now you're in the territory of you can take that prayer and go anywhere with it. Right. right. Yeah, God told me whatever. I found it. Did you find it? Yeah, what was it's it? James 4. Uh, uh-huh. was, I was off. Um, it's uh, It starts off, James 4, uh, let's start with verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And then it continues on. That, that was one that came to my mind anyway, but that kind of is right in line with that uh, transformation, right? If we're praying, but we're not being transformed at the same time, then we're more liable to be asking for the things that aren't in line uh, or asking for direction even on things that aren't in line with, uh, with God's will. Right. So if we're, we're considering a decision, like let's just go with the job thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, uh, this job over here, uh, man, I could be making like 50% more income if I got this job. Surely that must be God's will. Right. But Mm -hmm. what if it's not for whatever reason? And, uh, but, but we're not, walking with God. We're not being transformed by the Spirit uh, through the Word. And, uh, oh, man, uh, and then, hey, this must be God's will over here, right? Then we can get ourselves in trouble, right? This is, again, where 
we ask, do not receive, because we ask wrongly to spend it on our passions. Mm-hmm. It's like that's very beautiful. It's not the verse I was is thinking that not of. What you're thinking of? I found the verse I was thinking of. Though. <laughs> okay. um, I gave you enough time to find it. I you guess. did. Um, no, this is beautiful, though. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I was thinking First Timothy four. Uh, so in First Timothy, is uh, they're kind of like starting to uh, Paul's starting to kind of address early forms of Gnosticism, mm-hmm. uh, where nothing. Nothing man may or n- nothing physical is good. Everything yeah. spiritual is good. Um, so he says this in, in verse First Timothy four verse four: For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, since it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Ooh. Now this isn't about you know the will of God necessarily, right. but the principle holds true: is right. that that um, it's sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. If you only go by prayer. Then now, mentally, you can do a lot of gymnastics yeah. to do whatever you want. Um, and so you need the Word of God to balance that out. If you only go by the Word of God, now you become staunch legalist, right? right? And so so you need the prayer to interject that, that relationship mm-hmm. aspect between you and God, but you need the Word of God to keep you grounded. Right, and it's a, it becomes a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. God speaks to us through His Word. We speak to Him through prayer, right? And so when we mingle those things mm-hmm. together, that's what we get is this back and yeah. forth conversation. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like that. Did you come up with that yourself? No. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, but uh, I I took it and used it for our purposes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just say that you came up with it. Oh, it sounds great. Uh, it's, it's not a research project. It's not that, paper. That, that yeah. phrase is trademark uh, yeah. now, uh, or will be by the time you see this. <laughs> trademark JB Ministries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JB Squared Ministries. JB Squared? Yeah, my middle name starts with a B, so I just go JB Squared. Oh, nice. That's cool, right? Nice. That's <laughs> lame. <laughs> I guess it's got to be uh, J parentheses B squared. Yes. Right? So that way you don't yeah, square yeah. the J and the oh, B even together. Cooler. <laughs> um, I'm going to put that on a bumper sticker. On this is side. getting real <laughs> off track here. Yeah, Judah's shaking his head, wondering why he even you know comes to this. He's like, my no should have been no. Anyways, uh, does God have a path for your life? Yes. What's the best way to know God's path for your life? Through word, through the word of God, through faith in Christ, through prayer to God, um, leaning uh, on others, not just yourself and, and your own reasoning. Uh, go find it out. Amen. Amen. All right. Now we're going to move into our bad doctrine of the week. Been waiting on this all week long. <laughs> it's the bad doctrine of the week. Okay, we are continuing our Sparkle Creed series on the Bad Doctrine of the Week. If you have not uh, been joining us or if you have not heard the Sparkle Creed, we'll play it for you right now. Let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love 
So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. All right. Yeah, sorry y'all had to see that. Yep. Uh, we're just, uh, keep, uh, Keep making you listen to it every single week. All right. So we've covered two of them so far. We've covered, I believe, in the non-binary God, whose pronouns are plural, and that God is not non-binary in, in that sense. And the only scripture that uses um, plural language is uh, Genesis 2, um, and more of a reference to the Trinitarian nature of God. Uh, we've covered, I believe, Jesus, believe in Jesus Christ, their child who wore fabulous tunic um, and has two dads. And how um, God and Joseph were not in a weird homosexual co-parenting relationship. That's just odd. It's weird. Um, Here's a really poetic, interesting statement. Here we go. Here's today's. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one light, one white light, and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. Now, there's a few reasons this one doesn't make sense. But what's your what's your thoughts? Okay. <clears throat> well, first off, uh, diversity, maybe not in the sense that we tend to think of it in in uh, present day America, right? But uh, diversity is an element of uh, of God's plan, mm-hmm. right? So uh, God creates nations. Right back in uh, back in Genesis, was it eleven? I think Tower of Babel is that eleven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Genesis eleven. Right, we have the dispersal of all these uh, different people groups in that are going to go and fill the earth. Basically, um, there's more to it than that, but there you go. And part of what we see happening in the New Testament is uh, God through the Spirit. Right, especially at Pentecost, we see it very very clearly that God is bringing these diverse people back together uh, as His people. Right mm-hmm. from every tribe, tongue, nation, mm-hmm. and all those things, and so uh, in Christ, right? There's unity in diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that one. Um, you know, I'm not giving any credence to this creed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it? See what mm-hmm. I did there? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the the things to be able to to pick out. That's that's good. Is hey, even if there's like a little drop of truth there, right? What's the error? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's the big part of yeah. of this whole creed is that it takes ounces of scripture, scriptural truth, and then puts an agenda to it. That's right. It's almost um, like Satan when he was tempting yeah, Jesus, like, right? And and that's how all these are. Like, if you were to look, like like, like we've with each one that we've gone to, we have pointed out probably in scripture where they got this from. Yeah, yeah. and so it's not like they're not taking scripture and then derive or, or uh, then, then coming to these conclusions is that they're taking scripture and then kind of twisting it to not what it was meant to be used for and then do that. So like in the same way, let us make man in our own image. Oh, God's non-binary. Oh, right. It's like, that's not what that meant. Uh, or it's like, uh, you know, Joseph was Jesus' earthly father and God is his heavenly father. Oh, they have two dads. Right. Like, no, no, that's not what it meant. Uh, you're right. In the whole form of scripture, God is about diversity mm-hmm. in the sense of um, he is, while he raised up the nation of Israel, it wasn't to um, give preferential treatment to Israel at the expense of everyone else, it was that Israel might be a blessing to everyone yeah. else. And so, in in God 
having his chosen people, the point of that was then to bless everyone. Yeah. And they didn't. Genesis um, 12. I yeah. mean, from the... And we just talked about Genesis 11, right? God picks. He, he chooses Abraham. He calls him, or Abram at the time, but he, uh, he calls him out of the city of Ur. He's going to establish his own nation, his own people group. And right there at the very beginning, he says, and you all families or all nations of the earth will be blessed. So... I mean, mm-hmm. it's right there, right yeah. at the very beginning. It's not like yeah. it's a secret that has to be uncovered. It's right there. Yeah, and it's all throughout uh, the covenants mm-hmm. and um, God interacting with Israel. Israel's pretty dense and stiff-necked, and so they didn't do what they needed to with it. Mm-hmm. But then we see, like you said in Acts 2, like a full realization of the gospel isn't for any one particular race or color. It's for everyone, and then you get that famous... Uh, passage in Galatians where it says there's neither Greek nor Jew, Gentile, you know, yeah, right. whatever, uh, man nor female, uh, we are all one under Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where they get the, the concept from. So, like, yes, you're right, it's yeah. not a bad concept. What do it, they it's do? How with it? It. It's how they're warping it. It's how they're warping it because I believe, I'm going back to the, the, the creed, <laughs> I believe in the rainbow spirit which already has some implications in itself that they use the word rainbow, mm-hmm. um, who shatters our image of one white light. Again, now we're attacking white people. It's like like Christianity was a white religion. Uh, who were the early Christians? Were they white? They were Middle Easterners and Africans and, yeah. and then Asians. Yeah. Uh, it didn't go it spread it up into Europe. I mean, I, you have the, uh, the the New Testament, but like Western Europe. It didn't mm-hmm. spread into Western Europe until much later. Yeah. Uh, and so, so initially speaking, really, really, if, if we wanted to like more kind of like apply this to like scriptural things, so Israel kind of took this approach as God is for us, mm-hmm. not for anyone else. And so if they want to say, uh, they smash the, 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 um, uh, shatters the image of one Israelite, which would probably be more like brown, right? Uh, to then create a diversity link. At least that would be a little bit more, a little more. Like, but I still even wouldn't. I wouldn't use it. Anyway. I wouldn't present it that way, yeah. um, because it's just, it's just because believing Jews are also part of the true church at yeah. the same time. So it's not like anyone, anybody's got to be. Any people group have to be totally smashed for you know the what how do they say it for refracting a rainbow of gorgeous diversity or something like that um, yeah yeah and so it's like there's definitely some like there's some interesting like agenda oh. kind of weeped into this uh, be it like um, like racial tensions and yeah. um, uh, tensions between LGBTQ and and non. Uh, and so, again, it's one of those things, at the core of it, is there some spiritual truth or uh, scriptural truth? Absolutely. But again, I don't like how they're usurping that scriptural yeah. truth and then using it to push their agenda. Yeah. Uh, that, the, that's the hard Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what, uh, what Satan did uh, right. in the temptation, uh, tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And this is exactly what's happening here, right? Yeah. There's usually there's an element of truth. But then there's an awful lot of error mixed in uh, with that truth, um, and so how about uh, um, let's circle back and hit the first part of it, right? I believe in the rainbow spirit. Mm-hmm. You have thoughts on on that? 
I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing the rainbow, because it says that... Spirit's not even capitalized on mine. It's not. It's not capitalized on mine either. It's, it's. I don't think it's an official statement, but probably not. Uh, so, so I'm not going to read too much into that. So I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and reflects it and reflects it refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. So, My first thought is the rainbow as a covenantal sign uh-huh. um, is. God's promise not to destroy the earth again through a flood mm-hmm. because of the ex, uh, excessive wickedness of mankind. So are you saying this is, is, no, is this good doctrine? No, no, is I'm saying, saying this is bad doctrine. Let's just be clear. But no, I, what I'm saying is I think it's ironic. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just dripping with irony mm-hmm. that, you know, this is what we get from the Sparkle Creed uh, people where, you know, God in, in his uh, grace has decided that, hey, the seasons are going to continue. Uh, mankind's evil and sin is going to be uh, restrained, and God is not going to just end it all, uh, at least through a flood. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we have uh, we have this creed, right? And they have to drop in rain- rainbow spirit. We're going to ref- refract this white light into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. It's like, what even is the rainbow? Like, mm-hmm. like look at what the rainbow actually yeah. means. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just... Uh, it's making a mockery uh, of of God and and uh, see. I could sign. I could read it a little bit different in the so in the way that the rainbow spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds bad to say. This is, it? <laughs> maybe we're giving a little bit too much credence to this. Um, so I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. So the rainbow spirit creates a rainbow of diversity. So is it saying that? Because it creates a rainbow of diversity, therefore it's the rainbow spirit. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, Maybe, but what uh, is, so what does that mean? What, the, the rainbow that the rain that the spirit itself is gorgeous diversity, and because the rainbow spirit itself is gorgeous diversity, it creates and refracts gorgeous diversity. Well, well it should be backwards, though, right? <laughs> uh-huh. the, the Holy Spirit takes all of the diversity of his people and brings them together under Christ into one. That's a, you know, that, that's a good point. Um, is that, you know, that passage, there's neither Greek nor Jew, um, male nor female. Mm-hmm. The whole point of that isn't to necessarily say, you know, we're a giant melting pot. The whole point of that is to say like, while we all have all these differences under Christ, under the spirit, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, that not because we're all, you know, our own unique little uh, snowflakes uh, uh, making up this this collage, but because under Christ, our identity doesn't matter. Right. Right. We have a new identity under Christ. And so that's, that's probably another way that this would go off is, is I would be willing to bet is that to them, your personal identity is very important and needs to stay intact. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the spirit creates this rainbow of diversity uh, is so that way we can have all of these different types of people um, where... Uh, you're free to be you. You're free to be you. You can do you. But and, the spirit doesn't do that. The spirit right. unifies right. under one and not one race. Right. And, and uh, of course not, but under one identity in Christ. Right. 
Yeah. Exactly. I believe we've given this about 10 minutes too much time <laughs> and credence <laughs> for today. Anyways, all right. That's um, that's the third segment of the Sparkle Creed. Next week, uh, we get to get into, I believe, in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the quilt. <laughs> what quilt? I don't know. Right. Uh, might have to research that. Uh, yeah, what that means, what they're thinking. I believe in what, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars and wonder. Now we're not even getting into any like scriptural <laughs> connection. Now we're just saying I things. I, I think I might be. I think there might be some actual scriptural okay. connections there. All right, like, well, that might be the best sentence out of the whole thing. Oh, I think. I I have a best sense that one that I can actually agree with. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hide my cards till okay, we get there. Okay. Um, I'm interested in what you have to say. We're not gonna talk about it right now. We're gonna wait till next week. Yeah. So you people out there, let us know what do you think. Um, do you like this rainbow? Was it one light? One white, it's almost like a stained glass thing. I, I don't know. Anyways, let us know what you think about it. Do you have thoughts about next week's? whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars and wonder. Is there scriptural truth to that? You let us know and Jacob will let me know next week. You got any thoughts before we're done? That was wildly entertaining. Yeah. Make sure to like and subscribe. There you go. There we go. All right. Glad y'all joined us. We'll see y'all next week.